Welcome to the first of our EMPcast episodes based around the RISE scheme at Nottingham Trent University. My name is Rish Barua. I'm one of your hosts. I'm here to introduce a few topics and I'm also here to introduce my co-host for today, Maddie Garrett. Hello everybody, my name is Maddie and I'm a current student at NTU studying marketing and an interesting fact about me is that I've actually just finished my placement year. Um, so I was helping do the marketing at NTU employability. Oh well yeah obviously I should point out here that Maddie is a legend in employability because you've done so much work to help us out in terms of uh, stuff we put on the web on social media, you've just helped us with our virtual learning environments. Have you enjoyed your placement Maddie? I've had such a great time. I've honestly learned so much. It's been such a great experience and I'm really excited to go into my final year. I think it's also massively boost my prospects after university as well. So it's been really good. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear it. And obviously that's the right answer. Um, if we go back to the topic that we're talking about today, we're talking about the RISE programme at Nottingham Trent University. And we want to give you uh, a little bit of an insight into what to expect from today's episode. So before this recording, uh, our team chatted with a few RISE eligible students, asking them a few questions about the RISE programme. And you'll find out more about that as we go on. Today's episode is focused upon the struggles students and graduates may face when applying for jobs, placements and internships. Myself and Maddie will be discussing what the students had to say, as well as trying to answer some of those questions these students or even you listener may have about the process of applying for work. And it's also worth mentioning that if you don't know what RISE is, you can find out more by visiting ntu.ac.uk forward slash RISE. Thank you, Maddie. So definitely check out the RISE web pages if you think you might be eligible for it. And if you're not sure, just go to that web address anyway, ntu.ac.uk slash RISE. And there's a big green button you can click and you can check whether you might be eligible for any support through that scheme. But let's move on and let's hear what our students had to say about jobs, placements, internships and their experiences of applying for them. Have you ever felt like you're at a disadvantage when applying for a job, placement or internship? Um, I've not really had ever like proper work experience. I've like done stuff at school, kind of just like help out and just do little events and stuff like that. And I've mo like recently is where I've got a lot of my work experience from like kind of online internships and stuff like that. And I guess they're not necessarily like the same as working in like an office environment or like having a full time proper job. So I think for me, that probably is what I feel like is my disadvantage because I haven't had a lot of experience kind of in the workplace. Before the start of first year, I was trying to apply for like the insight places at like um, Channel 4 and stuff. And I could never really get into them. I'm just, it's like the application processes for things. Sometimes I'm like, I'm not sure where to go with it. I wouldn't have money for traveling. I wouldn't have money for what to wear. So if I needed to buy a suit or interview stuff, um, I wouldn't have any of that. Sometimes it's things like certain ways that people have phrased applications. It's like, oh, well, I definitely don't qualify for that. Or I've not got the right experience or I've not got enough experience. With epilepsy, um, I'll need some time off from work occasionally. Now, obviously, as an employer, you don't want your employees, you know, taking that much time off. Any time your own disadvantages 
puts an employer at a disadvantage, then you are at risk of being discriminated against for whatever reason. I think slightly because I didn't have much experience of like doing these interviews and I felt like all see students who had parents that were like very work involved. They had like a, an example of how to come across in interviews and also how to dress like, but with me, I felt a bit clueless about it all. And like with my weekly budgeting, when I was like, oh, I've got an interview and I don't know if I have formal enough clothes, like going out and having to spend money on like new everything. It put me off slightly going to an interview knowing that I could spend that money and not get that job. I've actually never felt disadvantaged. I have felt like I haven't wanted to sort of disclose or talk about my disability. I've just sort of applied as normal, if that's the correct way of putting it. Like it is really hard to kind of keep going and keep the resilience if you don't feel like you're necessarily what a place wants. But I just think now I've got to the point where I've had so many interviews that I've gone for and not heard back from. You just have to persevere. Sometimes I kind of maybe might put myself off, be like, oh, there's going to be loads of people applying, like, oh, it might not be for me. But then I always think, I'll find out in the end. If I don't apply, there's no way I'm going to know. There's nothing we can lose from it. We can always learn from it. You are applying for the job based on your experience and how you are as a person rather than anything else. They're judging you on your personality and what you're going to bring to the brand. And that's the most important thing, I think, when you're applying for jobs. Great. So thank you so much to everyone who participated and, and shared your experiences and, and your feelings as well there. And one of the key things that came across really is that when you're applying for experience or for jobs, it's easy to feel like you're lacking in confidence. And, and Maddie, one of the themes that came out quite a lot there was, oh, I'm worried I don't have enough experience or I've not got, I'm not qualified for it. What's your experience been when you've been applying for placements yourself? Um, I think for me, I definitely didn't have, have much experience within actual marketing. A lot of my experience was from part-time roles or like working for like my parents or sort of doing some work experience. So I think a lot of the time you don't realise the transferable skills you're actually learning from those part-time roles or from other experience you're doing and how you can actually apply them to the role you're coming to and demonstrate that you do have those skills through other experiences. Yeah, and it's an interesting one, really, because it's a common thing for us who work in employability teams. We'll see loads of students who say, I don't really have the experience. And then we sit down, we either look at the CV or we have a chat with you. And then all of a sudden we're able to say, yeah, but what about this? What about that? What about the other? So like you say, your part time work, extracurricular activity. Even a lot of the work that you do on your course, projects and uh, working as part of teams, doing presentations, uh, taking, you know, you're, you're going to be masters at time management, most of you, because you've got deadlines to meet. So there's loads of great stuff you can stick in those applications. There's a really good comment one of our guests there made, which is that uh, employers aren't just judging you on the basis of what you've done. They're also judging you on the basis of what kind of person you are. And I think that personality fits quite important isn't it Maddie? Yeah no definitely I think another thing that your experience is showing is you have that motivation and that drive to be doing the extra and going out your way to not just do your course and try and go out your way to find out what you want to do as a career and I think it's definitely your personality and how you come across to them how you would fit within the team and your sort of communication and soft skills that are also massively important to portray when you're going for that interview or going for a role.
there's a really great quotation in there, which basically I'm paraphrasing here, but it's like, there's nothing to lose. So I might as well go for it. And um, Maddie, from what you told me, uh, both before we started recording and just now, it sounds to me that that was something that kind of helped you get through your placement applications. Yeah. Yeah, I think when you're applying for so many roles and you might not hear back from some of them, you have really just got to see everyone as if I don't apply for this, I'm not going to get the job anyway and sort of just keep going, persevere and just apply for as many as you can and really put everything into each interview because if you get the role, then that's really great. But if you don't, there's going to be other opportunities. One of the other things that came up in the soundbite there was that idea about feeling unqualified or underqualified. But Maddie, before we started recording, you mentioned that idea that if you're applying for placements and internships, they know you're at university. They know you're not going to be the finished package. Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, but most of my experience was from part time roles. And something you've just got to sort of demonstrate is that you understand that you might not be fully qualified and you might not have the experience you'd need if you were to be in that role for a year. But what you've got to understand is you're coming out of university. You've just graduated. This is an entry sort of level role or even a placement year where you're actually still a student and they're not expecting you to be fully qualified. They're just sort of looking for somebody who's eager to learn, eager to develop and wants to start their career path. There was a really great employer talk that uh, happened a few weeks ago. Uh, a local creative agency who are advertising for a web developer and they said to NT, did a presentation to NTU students saying, look, we know that if you're graduating that you might not feel that you are particularly qualified to be a web developer, but we also know that loads of you will have played with blogs, maybe set up a website. If you're a creative student, you might be hosting some images or a film on your own website. So focus upon that. You can learn those technical skills later on in life. What we want is we want to know you're the right person to join our team. And I think that's really important for everyone to hear. So another thing that came up in the soundbite was what you'd wear to an interview, sort of buying outfits and the sort of things you wear to that. And I know that can be quite a big decision because obviously you want to make a good first impression. So Rish, what do you think about getting around this idea of not knowing what to wear or having to spend the money on these outfits? OK, so I've asked students about this a lot and I sometimes say, what do you wear to an interview? And a few years ago, people used to say, oh, yes, you want to dress smartly. And what's really interesting is that over the last couple of years, when I ask that question, students then come back and say, well, what do they wear at work? So if you're applying for a job, let's say in a graphic design agency, well, if you turn up wearing a suit or wearing really smart tailored clothes, they're going to go, you have no idea what we do or how we work, do you? Because most people in graphic design agencies are probably wearing T-shirts, jeans and trainers. So there's a there's an emphasis there again about fit isn't there Maddie because I think that what you want to do is the first stage before you worry about should I buy a new outfit is what are they going to expect me to be like if you're going for a job let's say in the finance sector or in the legal sector you know you're probably going to have to dress smart but if you're doing something that is for example you working in our employability team how many times have you had to wear smart clothes? No that is very true and it's also just important to remember that you don't have to go super, super fancy. If you just sort of dress smart and dress appropriate to an extent where you don't look scruffy, I think that can also be a good way to go around it. And another thing to mention that is if you are RISE eligible, you actually can get some funding for work experience and sandwich placements. And this can help contribute towards those outfits if you feel that's appropriate. 
Yeah, so some of the funding that's available is is really good. Um, if you have a face-to-face -face interview, for example, that can help towards the travel costs. So if you have to buy a train ticket or whatever, you can claim some money back for that. Or if you do need to buy a new pair of shoes or a new pair of trousers, for example, because let's be honest, who's been wearing shoes and trousers during the pandemic? Um, then you might be able to claim a bit of money back for that. And my top tip is even if you've got an interview on Zoom or Teams, please do dress the bottom half of yourself because although they can't see it, you will give a much more professional <laughs> impression of yourself if you are properly dressed. Um, let's have a think about some of the other things, because um, you mentioned there the, the different types of funding that's available. Um, another thing that the RISE programme helps with is issues like if I have a disability and I need to disclose that. And again, we heard some of our people in those sound clips talking about for example, disclosure of disability, is it something that affects their applications or not? And uh, I want to just bring up a phrase that you might not have heard, which is a disability confident employer. So this scheme called disability confident. I had a student recently who said to me, I'm applying for a job is to be an animator for a games company. And he said, they're a disability confident employer. How do I disclose my disability? Now, I have, as well as professional, I have personal experience of supporting people with disabilities to apply for jobs. And the good news is that there's a lot more employers who are a lot more knowledgeable and a lot more accepting of the fact that disabilities, whether they be um, seen disabilities or hidden disabilities, they don't necessarily make you unfit for the workplace, but they may need reasonable adjustments. And disability confidence is a scheme that shows that employers are happy to accept that you may have um, these kinds of needs for reasonable adjustments and that you should feel confident in disclosing your disability. Now, if you are a student and you're applying for jobs, placements, internships, even part-time work, but you're worried about, you know, should I disclose this or is this something I should be putting in my application? Maddie, what would you recommend students do? If you don't feel confident about this, you have got to realise that there is low support around you to help you deal with this, such as friends and family. And also, as you can see from this episode, employability are here for you guys. And there is a lot of support and funding out there to sort of help you through this. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we're here for. And um, don't ever be scared to ask the question, because as I say quite often, there's no such thing as a silly question. No, I completely agree with that. It's been really interesting sort of hearing what these RISE eligible students have sort of found hard during applying for placements or internships. And I've sort of really enjoyed sort of discussing the positives around that and the ways you can overcome this lack of confidence or feeling as though you might not have the experience. So I think something which we can conclude on today is that it is all about resilience and sort of making sure that when you go for a role, you always sort of look for where you can improve and you learn from that. And if you ever do go for an interview or you go for an application, something I found really useful was actually asking the employer for feedback and making sure you don't just move on and forget about it. So if you do have contact with them, make sure you are looking for that feedback because it can really help give you that confidence in your next interview and help you sort of in the end get the role. And would you have any recommendations for people who are currently applying for experience, internships, placements and so on? 
And this might sound biased, but honestly, use the employability resources. They have so much out there, which is just going to help you get your applications to that standard and really make you stand out. So if you're starting at CVs, we've got a CV checker. You can also join live chat and you can talk to an advisor where they'll give you personalised feedback on your CV and look for ways to improve it. If you've gotten through to the interview stage, you can use our interview simulator, which is Interview 360. And we also run loads of workshops, assessment centres during the term time. And if you're looking for roles, we have jobs fairs in term one. We also have in place for placements. We have job shop for part time roles and we also promote lots of graduate roles. So really do just come to us and we can help you find that opportunity and find what you're looking for. And that's how you ended up working in employability, isn't it, Maddie? Um, <laughs> So uh, I just want to say that we're coming to the end of today's EmpCast episode, focusing upon rise and work experience. I hope you enjoyed listening to what our students had to say and also what we had to add on this topic. Do remember to check if you are eligible for RISE support. You can do that by visiting ntu.ac.uk slash RISE. And if you want more employability advice, as Maddie said, get in touch with the team via the live chat or look at the resources on employability online. Uh, we'll be more than happy to help. So just to finish off, a big thanks to our student voices, a big thanks to Maddie and a big thanks to producer Henry, who's pushing the button behind the scenes. But most of all, thank you to you, listener. We hope you can join us again for another episode of EmpCast.